Welcome to Future Hindsight. I'm Mila Atmos. Our guest on Future Hindsight today is Tyler Ruzik. He's a 17-year-old Republican running for governor of Kansas, one of eight teens to do so in this year's election. His campaign platform addresses a wide variety of issues, voter registration, school funding, taxation, guns, immigration, agriculture, equal rights, and job growth. Future Hindsight is a show about civic engagement, so it's super exciting for us to interview you. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. You launched your campaign even before you were eligible to vote, although of course I know that you are registered to vote on election day and that you will have turned 18 by then and you can vote for yourself. My question is, what is the urgency for you to run for governor now? Uh, I would say when it came down to it, I I simply said, why not? The time also felt uh, right considering where we stand uh, politically uh, as a nation. We're very, very polarized. People are moving uh, far to the left and far to the right. And I believe that uh, means that there's just more room for all of us to meet in the middle. My message of uh, moderation, of centrism, uh, of just bipartisanship, that this was really the the best and most appropriate time, regardless of my uh, age or previous experience. It should be about my message, the ideas. If you believe now is the time that your ideas are going to be uh, the best ideas for the time to fix the issues of the state, then I think why do it later when you can do it now? Yes, I hear you. Tell me what your priorities are for the state of Kansas. Really, the three I always view as the most important, school funding, public education. Uh, The second is the preservation and conservation of the Ogallala Aquifer. Uh, And the third, uh, bipartisanship and meeting in the middle. Let me just ask you about bipartisanship. What perspective do you bring to the table? Uh, I have a perspective where... Yes, I don't have any political experience, but, you know, as a 17-year-old, I don't have any allegiance to a lobbyist group, a PAC or political action committee. So really, the ideas that I am proposing uh, now and will propose later are the same ideas. I am who I am. And what you're hearing from me is what I really plan to do as governor. Uh, Now I bring to the table ideas that really may not have been considered and is a different perspective that maybe the state legislature hasn't considered before. The more perspectives that people have means that they're going to be able to make a better, more informed and well-educated decision. Chances are the outcome of that decision is going to be uh, much more positive than it would have been had that person not been as informed. So I bring a lot of perspectives, both as a young person, ideas from Generation Z, but also an eagerness to do something and that I'm genuine. I've made a promise in my campaign that I'm not going to be uh, accepting any money from any uh, political action group, lobbyist group, but rather accepting only individual donations. To me, it's really about uh, the person, their issues. If you're going to be making an investment in a campaign, an investment in ideas, that really it's the person, it's the individual perspective that they bring. And so I'm, I'm honest, I'm genuine, uh, and what you're hearing from me is what I would do as governor. I like it. You're a person of integrity and you represent yourself as you are as a teenager in Kansas. You are a firm believer in personal and fiscal responsibility. And might I add here, you work at the local Hy-Vee supermarket, which is uh, very responsible of you because of your 
firm believes in personal and fiscal responsibility, this makes you a Republican. What exactly does personal and fiscal responsibility look like to you? To me, personal uh, fiscal responsibility can come in many different forms. When I apply that sort of principle to government assistance uh, and welfare for individuals and families, uh, I believe that social welfare programs are very, very important for provide temporary safety net for families, as well as Social Security, Medicare, you name it. We have these government programs because people can't afford or can't provide the services for themselves or no one else will provide them for them. So government has to step in. Uh, I believe for those that have the ability to work, the opportunity to work, to, uh, to gain money, to pay uh, for things, then they need to be out there trying to find a job. If you're able to work and there's nothing preventing you but just that your choice of uh, not getting involved, that's not a responsible way. People need to be taking accountability. And I think that's what it essentially responsibility is. The government is going to be there to protect you. It's kind of the social contract. We pay taxes so that government provides certain services for individuals also uh, to protect the nation from foreign uh, attack, personal responsibility is individuals taking charge, uh, doing good, and taking accountability uh, for themselves. I like everything you said there, especially with regards to the social contract and that the social network exists to protect people. You have said that you are a Republican of the next generation. What does that mean to you? And the Republican for the next generation is the ideas, perspectives that I provide. You know, as a young person, as, you know, as part of Generation Z, which we're finding is going the most politically uh, active and, and civically engaged from the campaign standpoint. I bring more of a socially progressive stance to my platform, while also again combining that with fiscal and personal responsibility. Uh, so I think you combine those two, and you get a a good overall well-functioning government, that the rights of citizens are protected, I think government should really play more of a hands-off role. And I think that's a shift from really more the, the socially conservative Republican stance, which would be that we should maybe try to legislate uh, some morality or that government should determine in the private life of uh, people what is right and what is wrong. I don't believe that's what government should be doing. And what a Republican for next generation would look like would be someone who's more progressive on social policy, like women's rights, uh, issues of the LGBTQ plus community, uh, uh, as well as a more shifted view on education, social welfare but also maintaining these individualist principles. So I think that's what a Republican for the next generation is. Our rhetoric and our dialogue uh, should transition and shift uh, as society shifts and transitions. I like that you are thinking of the Republican Party as an organization that can travel into the future with all of us in the way that society is changing. So given this, what in your mind is a crisis the Republican Party faces with young people? The crisis that the Republican Party faces with young people is is on social issues and that they're just not really uh, well uh, engaged or well informed of where the youth and young people really stand uh, on certain issues. For example, uh, gay marriage uh, was decided in Obergefell versus Hodges, and still many Republicans haven't even accepted that. Many Republicans say, well, gay marriage has been decided. There's not 
anything we have to do anymore. But really young people would say, there's a lot more to be done. Look at the suicide rate for teens in the LGBTQ community as well as for adults. There's always something more that we can do or that there is always something uh, to be said on an issue that maybe we didn't consider and that an issue is never really truly just closed and finished. Uh, so you can apply that to the economy as well, the 2008 financial crisis. Just because we got out of that where it was so, 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 so horrible, it doesn't mean that another crash like that could happen or something of that magnitude a little less or even worse. There's always something that can be done. We can always be preparing for the future. In my view, a, a responsible conservative government and a conservative party uh, would do is focusing on what the issues of the status quo are now. That's what it being a conservative is, is you know, maintaining this, this certain social order, addressing the issues of the status quo. Uh, and so I think the Republican Party needs to take that approach. It can't be so reactionary, in my view, like it has been. It can't keep taking money from the budget. Yes, I think there's a way where we can fund Social Security. We can fund Medicare. We can fund public education. We just have to find a way to balance the budget. But the Republican Party, uh, if it wants to uh, keep calling itself the conservative party and, and wants to remain competitive uh, in the years to come with society changing uh, and our culture shifting, the Republican Party has to step up. It has to listen to young people like me. Our society is changing, and it doesn't take, in my view, that much effort to recognize that. So I think it starts with recognition, and then that next step is action. The Republican Party also, you know, when it comes to the, to the budget, can't keep pulling money from the deficit. A conservative party wouldn't add over a trillion dollars to the deficit at all. That's not what a conservative party does. A conservative party always looks at the issues of now and how we can best address them to prepare for the future. Well, that's very impressive. Preparing for the future is very, very important. One of your goals is to reach the young voters of Kansas and to get them involved in the local, state, and national issues that will, in fact, determine their future. How are you tapping into this voting block of young people? Social media is going to be a, a big part. When I have running mate and I officially file is when I'm going to start to launch some of my social media accounts. The way that I feel is... is that I'm finding the most success with young people getting them involved and trying to get them registered to vote is just by trying to tell them and get them to notice that, you know, their issues that they believe are important to young people are not going to be addressed by uh, many of the older adult politicians. I provide a perspective that is so, I suppose, revolutionary to the modern political time and era. In, in terms of really what the views of modern politicians hold. It's a different perspective. And really, I think young people are seeing that, you know what, if no one else is going to stand up for us, then maybe it's time we put young people, one of my fellow peers, into office. That's what I'm trying to get them to recognize, that the best person to fight for the issues that are important to young people is young people themselves. No one has taken initiative to address the issues that we feel are important, like gun control. And I still fear nothing will be done, even after the horrible tragedy in Parkland, which I believe, shockingly, is just about only the fourth most recent school shooting uh, after Maryland. Congress, and as well as the state government, is not willing to address the issues of young people, and it's time we take initiative, and I think that's the best means of encouraging young people to get to the uh, 
ballot box. Yes, I agree. If not you, then who? Then if not now, then when? What is your advice then for other young people to get civically engaged and maybe not exactly running for office because that's, of course, a really big hurdle and maybe not simply going to the ballot box and voting in November. But what else would you advise other young people to engage in? Well, I would say that really there there are a lot of things they can do, uh, specifically young people in Johnson County, uh, as well as in uh, Cedric, where Wichita is. Uh, Wichita has a mayor's council, Johnson County, which has a teen council that uh, can provide students and young people, whether they're going to be of voting age or not, an opportunity to shadow uh, city government to uh, find out what the issues that are important to them in their city, their municipality, provide perspective uh, and really a, a means of you know directly addressing the issues that are happening in your community and in your city that you live in. I would also really encourage that in the upcoming 2018 elections that you find congressman or congresswoman or you know, whoever may be your, you know, congressional candidate uh, that's going to be running in the 2018 midterms and whichever one you feel you agree with the most or one you feel provides you the best opportunity to get you civically engaged, go put up signs, go to the office and say, I'd like to make a few calls for uh, the campaign. They will be more than happy to have young people out there and helping, especially for a congressional campaign. 2018 is going to be a very, very important election. And for many young people who are involved in the Bernie Sanders campaign, the Rand Paul campaign, you name it, young people are really involved. And in 2016, a lot of young people didn't have the opportunity to vote. But in 2018 and 2020, these next two big elections are going to be very, very, very important. It's really important that young people are not just out there voting, but are out there campaigning whether it be even for themselves if they're running for office or for candidates for Congress or Senate, State House, State Senate, uh, the mayor's office, city council, county executive. There's always going to be a candidacy that I, I am certain can resonate with you. And there's not going to be any better experience uh, that you're going to get uh, if you're not running for office or if you're not voting, then helping on a campaign is a direct way of really affecting the way the election can go. Every vote matters, and one person can really change the mind of another person. You, as an individual, can truly affect the outcome of these elections. So I'd encourage you, whatever way you find, get yourself involved in 2018 and 2020. Uh, very thorough advice. Thank you. You mentioned earlier a little bit about gun violence, and uh, on your platform, you support universal background checks, as well as repealing the law that allows carrying guns on public university campuses. And you are even willing to face serious opposition from the NRA. Why is it important that we have fresh voices today and new perspectives in the discussion around gun control? Well, I think uh, every time uh, the NRA gives money to politicians and organizations, encouraging politicians and organizations to really do nothing on gun control and gun legislation, even more blood gets on their hands. This is going to keep happening. High schools, middle schools, and you know, God forbid elementary schools are going to be continuing uh, places where gun violence happens. And that is unacceptable. Schools, public or private, are places where people have a safe place and a safe space to learn. 
that is free from violence. They shouldn't have to worry about going to school and the possibility of one of their classmates taking a gun out of their backpack and killing them or their classmates or teacher, whatever it may be. That's a worry that should never be in the minds of students. But as we see this continuing to happen, it's a worry that's starting to become a worry for me. I guarantee you it's becoming a worry for my classmates as well as students across the country. And I think that's a large part because we recognize nothing is going to get done. So in matter of gun control, what I believe in as a policy proposal is universal background checks and also taking off really the concealed carry on public college campuses, as well as prohibiting gun ownership and also possession and purchasing for sex offenders, as well as uh, those who have been charged with domestic violence at any time in the past. I think it's a very common sense approach. Banning bump stocks is, is another important proposal for me. Uh, I also do believe that the R15 should be at 21, and I've even really explored the idea of it even mean 25 when I'm elected under a RISC administration. The people who are responsible, who are law-abiding citizens, are the ones that should be trusted with a weapon, not the criminals, not the irresponsible, uh, not the mentally disabled, and not the uh, domestic violence offenders, not the sex offenders. I think that's just a common sense proposal. As I would encourage just everyone, even from outside of policy, you got to go out on the streets, whether you're pro-gun uh, or you're for gun control. This is an issue that uh, something has to be done. And everyone, no matter their age, uh, has got to get out and involve themselves in some way or else people are just going to continue to be dying and schools are going to be uh, a scene of violence instead of a uh, scene of learning. Right. What does it mean for you to be a public servant? I enjoy civic engagement. A public servant enjoys and has great pride in helping people on a macro level, whether that be uh, in the realm of politics or not. That's what a public servant is, not focusing on how much money they're making, uh, but rather how many people are they helping. You know, I like to go to Muhammad Ali quote in which he said that the rent we pay for our time on earth is service to others. And I think a public servant really abides by that quote. That's a good quote. Last question. What is your vision for the future? My vision for the future is that when I'm elected, we are going to see shock waves move throughout the nation. I think this is a great possibility. Anything can happen. All that it takes is for everyone to get out and vote. We haven't ever seen a teen become governor. We haven't seen if it's a good or a bad thing. So I say, give me a chance. And I think the future is going to be bright. For someone, for me, who believes in common sense gun control, a better approach to education, caring about the environment like the Ogallala Aquifer, protecting state Medicaid can care, and as well as being bipartisan, meeting in the middle. And I believe that returning to the ideas of government really being a means of protecting its citizens, serving for the common good, and it's said with special interests. That's how we get a political system. It's focused not to the left or to the right, but it's focused on moving forward. 
That's how we should conduct politics in the United States, and that's how uh, politics would be conducted in the Rizik administration. A government for the people. By the people. Well, thank you very much, Tyler. Thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. If you want to learn more about Tyler Ruzik's campaign, please visit his website. Ruzikforgovernor.com. I was most taken by Tyler's vision of a more socially progressive Republican Party. It is up to him and other young people to bring it into the future on issues such as gay marriage, women's rights, education, and gun control. At the same time, he stays true to conservative principles, such as balancing the budget and in being personally and fiscally responsible. Tyler is right when he says that young people have to get engaged and determine their future. He lays out an array of opportunities to get involved in city, state, or federal government races in 2018 and 2020. His enthusiasm and idealism about public service really does bring a fresh perspective to the debate of where we head as a nation. With young people like him, I am positively hopeful about a future government that serves the common good. On the next episode of Future Hindsight, our guest is Nick Ehrman. He's the founder and president of Blue Engine, an organization that brings together teams of teachers to reimagine the classroom experience for all students and which has led to dramatic gains and academic achievement. I was struck by a really alarming statistic of the 27 fourth graders who were in that room back in the fall of 2000. Working with them over the course of a decade, a good chunk of them were accepted into some form of higher ed. Roughly two thirds went on to some form of college, but only two of 27 finished with a degree. So I became really, really Obsessed, I don't think is an overstatement. Being eligible for enrollment is so different than being ready to persist in complete degrees. And so Blue Engine started right in that, I think one of the biggest open secrets in American education, the difference between what it means to be eligible for college and truly ready. Until next time, I'm Mila Atmos. Thank you for listening to Future Hindsight. The executive producer and host of this program is Mila Atmos. The audio producer and music composer is Peter Fedak. The associate producer is Miriam Tsumul. Find us online at futurehindsight.us and listen to us through your favorite streaming services.